0: Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen. As Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice, but God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. Today, our featured guest is Kristen Taylor. And Kristen is a wife and mother of 12 children. Eight of them are adopted. She formed Landsong Inc., which is a Catholic recording company. She has nine CDs of music. She's a professional singer, but she sings for God. She uses her gifting and her talent for God. She's also the founder and CEO of Thon Ministries. That's why I brought her on. That's where I met her. We're going to get into what that's all about. Thankfully, helping others' real needs. That's what they do there. Uh, it's a mobile feeding outreach in 1995. And um, she also has a mission to Samoa, where... Uh, She could bless a lay apostolate by Cardinal Pio. So we're going to get into all of that in her story. You really want to listen up, broken Catholic nation. This is a woman that has put God first in her life. She flies by the seat of her pants because that's normally how uh, serving God shows up in your life is you follow where he leads. And it's a day by day reliance on him and his providence. Uh, So, Kristen, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Thank you. No, I know it is kind of a long intro, but, you know, being a wife and a mother is the reason the rest of it was formed. Um, Truly, when you're trying to teach your children about the Lord, it's very hard when you're talking to them or talking at them, or you're dragging them to this event or that event. Um, I wanted a way to show them what I was Trying to teach them. And so that was the creation really of the ministry, you know, of the, um, the homeless ministry and the Simone ministry. It was really to show my children a lesson in compassion. And the singing, of course, that was before all of that, but that was a gift that was given to me when I was very, very young, um, literally overnight. It was, I couldn't sing the next day I could, I couldn't write songs the next day I could, Uh, couldn't read music, still can't, but I've written 250 songs. So these are all things that the Lord has gifted to me. So that's why I say, it's but you were saying by the seat of your pants, it's definitely true. It's just, I have just this unwavering faith. And so whenever he presents something to me to do, I just run with it.
0: Okay. So you did so many intrigue frames that I'm just like, I want to know, tell me more, tell me more. We're going to get into that. But before we do share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know.
1: I think a lot of them have no idea that this is all divine providence. The whole thing from every bit of food that comes, every single thing, I think they really think that there's a big machine behind us. And it's not a machine. It's just Jesus. And I think that's one thing that they don't know. When they come and see us, it's like so well organized, and it just happens. And they think that, you know, they that they can't do this. And it's not true, because God does it through you. So it's easy.
0: (laughs) Wow, broken Catholic nation. Did you get that? Like there's there's a thing there's a calling that God's put on your heart, isn't there? And they're you've actually, been holding back, right? You've been holding back, BC Nation, because of fear that you have to figure it all out. You need all the steps,
1: right? Kristen, Nothing. what do you
0: want to say to them?
1: You absolutely just have to say yes. You know, you hear that, and uh, you know when uh, you hear that in church, and they t- constantly tell you, "If Our Lady didn't say yes, where would we be?" But the thing is, that's still true today. And if you don't say yes, if you are afraid, nothing can happen through you. But if you are willing, it's like, I am always willing to do anything. And no matter who tells me, oh, it's impossible. And as you start talking about the ministry part of it, it all seemed completely impossible. It was impossible, but not when God's involved. I absolutely kept moving like, you know, when it came to feeding the homeless, like the food's going to show up when it started bringing medical supplies to Samoa, the, the, the supplies are gonna show up. The funding for the supplies is gonna show up. Getting it there is gonna happen. All of this was just, nothing happened first. Like I didn't have the money to do any of it first. I had to do the work first and then wait for that next door to open. And that's oh. what's so great about it because it takes that weight off your shoulders. I really like that.
0: And I was just on a coaching call, right? So I I do a spiritual coaching business. And one of my clients, we were speaking about that. And he's stuck in this place of idleness where he's not out doing. And I said to him, and this was advice given to me, is that God hits a moving target. You got to run the play. That's where God throws the football, right? If you're like, you know, football analogies, the quarterback doesn't throw the, the pass to the guy who's standing on the sideline when the play was called. He throws it to the guy who's out running. Now, does the guy know if he's going to catch the ball? Does he know what's going to happen? No, but he just runs. And that's what God's waiting for, BC Nation. He's waiting for you to take the step of faith, to run in the direction that he's already revealed to you, And then trust him to provide. That's what Kristen is saying. Here's why I invited Kristen onto my show. Is Kristen's ministry, Thorn Ministry, and Scott is the CEO, even though she carries the name and she's the face of it. God's the CEO of this. And I got a good friend of mine. He's a top level Marine Corps, right? He's in charge of the war in Iraq right now and doing all that. And he invited me uh, to come out on a Sunday after church and serve the homeless. And I did, and I just said yes, right? And I, I would have rather stayed home or went to the beach or did something fun for Joseph, but I just said yes that day, and I showed up in the hot sun, and there I met Kristen, and all of a sudden I saw this whole operation of just meeting homeless people, the least amongst us, Jesus in disguise, as Mother Teresa would say, and I got to meet them out on the streets, And Kristen pulled up with these trucks and and trailers and food and love. And it was so organized. It was so amazing. I was like, what the heck is this? And then I heard the story that you've been doing this for like 20-something years every Sunday, and God just provides. Like, that's amazing. And some of the people you serve have been showing up for all those years. So that's why I invited Kristen onto the show, because I'm like, you know what? I have a lot of people that come on the show and they, they talk about faith. Very few are actually doing it. Very few are actually living it, putting their whole life in total surrender to God to provide. And so Kristen's doing it. So Kristen, let's go back in time. I want to get into your story. And you said when you were a little girl. The day before, you didn't know how to read music. You didn't know how to sing music. You didn't have songs in your head. The next day, you did. Right. What happened? What shifted? What caused that? If you had to think back and say, like, point it to something, what was the shift? Maybe it was a shift in your heart. Maybe it was a mm-hmm. shift in something. What, what specifically happened to create that before and after?
1: Well, I was—you know—I was very young. I was probably in my maybe somewhere between nine, ten, eleven, twelve, in that range. And at that point, my family—I had seven siblings. Um, they had a lot of them had gotten into some pretty serious drug addictions, and I was the one that was kind of at the younger end. And so I saw how it was damaging my parents, and it, it really hurt my heart. And one day, I was just when my sisters had snuck out of the house, I went into their parents'. I really was, I adored my
0: parents. Say that and, part um, again. I was like, you because know what? up me? for a second. Say that part I again.
1: I adored my parents. The <laughs> part
0: before I, that where you said you, they, you went into their room or they went into your room?
1: Yeah, I went into their room because they had snuck out. So I went in there just because I was like, I was feeling, I, I just felt so terrible that they had snuck out because I didn't know what was going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And so really in in my heart of hearts, I was just like, Lord, what can I do? You know, what in the world can I do to one, make my parents feel better to, two, you know, to help my sisters to come back and, you know, just change their lives around. And all of a sudden, as clear as I'm hearing you speak, I heard him say, just do something more than nothing. I'm like, what does that mean? And right next to me was a guitar. And I picked it up. I never played guitar in my life. I picked it up. And I all of a sudden started hearing these words and they really were like my words mixed with, but it, it kept going. It was like, I started to, to just to say these words and then I had a piece of paper and I'm like, it was coming faster than I could write it. So I knew it was a combination of my thoughts and then this beautiful, you know, something from heaven because I was too young to really comprehend okay, God is speaking to me. So I was writing it down and, and then all of a sudden I could play it as, as well as I was writing it. And so in, at two o'clock in the morning, I literally go banging into my parents' room with this guitar. I wake my parents up and, and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I have to sing you a song. <laughs> and they're my dad's like, what? You know, and my mom's like, stop it, Donald, get up and listen to her song. You know, he, she, he, she was trying to just pacify me. Anyway, so I, I think I was about 12, I guess, at this point. And so they're sitting up in the bed, I'll never forget it, and I just started to sing the song. It was words and music, everything. And in the middle of it, I'm looking up and my father, talking, tears were pouring down his eyes. And I had absolutely no, I looked at him like, well, I'm not that bad. And he was like, he was so stunned, because literally the voice that you hear that if you've ever heard me sing that I have now, came that moment. It was just not with lessons, not with learning any kind of music, never at any music classes. It all just came. And so my father was so shocked and my mother was just crying too. The very next day he picked me up and he's like, we're going to the church and we're going to tell the priest, you need to start leading music here at the church. I'm like, I only know one song <laughs> that might be hard, but you know, that was the beginning went to the church of course they didn't really have music masses at that point they were just starting the guitar masses and so the priest was he made me sing like I don't think he believed it either and he made me sing and then when he heard it too he was shocked too so he he said okay but I'm gonna have to give you the mass that people don't really attend just in case so we took on with a couple of friends of mine we took on the, it was like a nine o'clock mass on a Sunday morning. And within months, um, it, it was amazing because the church was packed and remained packed for the entire next, whatever, six or seven years that I was there. And because the music was really touching people's lives. And so I knew it was a gift. And it was one that, although when you have a talent like this, that God gives you the world will want to pull you into. Oh, let's use this to make money. Woo! You're going to be rich. You know. Of course, everybody wanted that for me, but in my heart, I knew if that was the way I went, it would be taken away. Um, and I didn't want it taken away. I'd rather have my arms cut off than my voice taken away. And wow. so, even though we, you know, started singing and all of that, not professionally, that. But um, I started to record songs just locally and it was an amazing amazing thing that down the road the lord opened the door to make it more professional but in his time but not the whole hollywood thing because that that was a whole nother story where if once i did talk to them about stuff they wanted me divorced they wanted me this they wanted me that and i knew i was selling my soul to the devil and i just wasn't willing to do it so the music was given to jesus and has remained so and so that's really how the voice, the songs, and all that came about was instantaneously.
0: That is so awesome! All right, so I got to ask you this: that first song, when you walked into your parents' bedroom with the guitar and you're like, "I gotta sing for you," do you remember mm-hmm. that first song?
2: I Absolutely, do yeah.
0: Would you be you willing? A little bit? <laughs> Would you be willing you to sing
2: it? Yeah. Absolutely, I and I'll you.
0: just, I'll just do this when to complete, okay?
1: Okay, let me turn this fan down just in case. Okay, it goes, I'll see if I remember it. goes,
2: sometimes I feel like crying. I don't know why. The morning sun is rising. My life is not. Can I be dying slowly? Lord, help me, please. What are you saying to me? I want to know. Is that my name you're calling? I want to hear your voice again. I hear a voice inside me. I hear a voice inside me. He's calling my name. He's calling my name, my name.
1: And it just ended right there. That was it, (laughs) a little 12-year-old song.
0: BC Nation, how beautiful, how awesome is our God.
1: That's right. Getting me all emotional, Joseph.
0: (laughs) That's what I do. That's what I do. That is, that is, those words are so touching. And I know BC Nation right now, there's one of you right now that's weeping. As you're listening, as you just heard, and you're going to go back and replay Kristen's song, because it's not really her song. It's God's song to you. It's his words to your heart. It's your name he's calling. But somewhere along the way in your life and your decisions, you've forgotten that you're his precious daughter or his amazing son. And the enemy has filled your mind with lies that you're not good enough, that he's not a good father, that you can't trust him. But here he is reminding you that he's calling you by name. He loves you and you can trust him. So Kristen, thank you for sharing that, sharing the gifting that God has given you to bring his sons and daughters back to him, because that's exactly what it is. That's what I see. Powerful. Gosh. So BC Nation, just do something more than nothing. Just do something. When you like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what God wants me to do. Just do something. Right. More than nothing. Mm-hmm. God hits a moving target. Yep. What do you want to add to that, Kristen? What do you want to say to them?
1: You know, with the with the homeless, the thing that I was telling people when when you want to do something more than nothing. My first, all I decided to do was Thanksgiving morning. Uh, my children were being wild and crazy. My husband was at a town. I'm like, you know what? I'm canceling Thanksgiving. Y'all just aren't nice to each other. Forget it. We're not eating. And they're like, mommy. I said, never mind. I said, my friend Kevin, who used to be a crack addict, and he was cured by um, praying the rosary. He was over, and I'm like why don't we go feed the homeless? And he's like, well, I've wanted you to do that for a while. So yeah, let's do it. So we made 80 dinners, literally. And we put them in boxes. And I said, let's go feed the homeless. And my kids were like, no. Anyway, we threw them in the car, went in the van. And I didn't even know where a homeless person was. So literally, we're driving down the road and stopped. And we found some guys behind a gas station. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, you guys want something to eat? And immediately they're like, hey, baby, come on back here. I'm like, no, not what I was talking about. Anyway, they came out. And I, I tried to get the kids to open the van and they were afraid and they wouldn't unlock the van. I'm looking, at them like, open that van. So finally they opened the van and I started passing the food out to like eight guys. They were sitting on the ground. They were soaking wet. I'm talking, it had rained. You know, when Florida, when it rains in Florida, you're not talking little tiny raindrops. They're like baseballs. Anyway, they were, these poor guys were drenched to the bone. It was freezing cold for us. Of course, that might have been 60, but you know, that's
2: still
1: (laughs) the Floridians. Anyway, but they were sitting there and they were so pathetic. And, but when the minute they opened up their plates, you know, on Thanksgiving, they all miss their families. I don't care who you are, how mean you are, how hardcore you are. When it comes to holidays, your childlike heart hurts. And every one of them, instead of eating, sat there and cried. And I'm like, you guys can eat you know and and one guy goes I want to do something for you and he stood up and he recited this beautiful poem called Desiderata I guess and then at that point my children I heard the, the van door open and pop goes all the locks they all hopped out and now at this point my children were like think maybe from 12 years old on down to maybe two years old they were in that range and I remember little Rachel, she had a voice that could peel paint off a wall. I mean, her voice was, but it was so cute. And she's like, I want to sing you a song. And so she started singing to them. My son, who was my, old, my oldest son, he goes around telling everybody, oh, my mom's going to come back tomorrow and she's going to bring you jeans. And oh, you have, you need first aid. She's got a first aid. We're coming back. I'm like, stop telling everybody we're coming back. You know, I meant it to be a one-time lesson. Ha, ha, ha. It was a lifetime. It immediately showed my children what I'd been trying to teach them for years. They were the ones that wanted to go back. They were the ones that wanted to bring them clothes and food and and pray over them, mommy. and, And it was something that touched my heart so much that that's why I've never wanted to stop. Whether my kids come out or not, it had nothing to do with it anymore. It was like, this is to get people off the pews and out doing what they've learned. I mean, they're they're every Sunday listening to a message that then they go home and they forget about it. They don't realize they can live it. And if they live it, their lives will be amazing. That's why my life is amazing. It doesn't even, I mean, it, it's miraculous. It's happy. I mean, I've had tragedy upon tragedy upon tragedy, but you would never know it because I'm so happy. I mean, my kids are tough. 12 kids aren't easy. So, I mean, I'm, I am not... Um, in any with the regular troubles, you know, drugs, alcohol, their problems with their kids, I mean, on and on, that never stops. You know, just because you're a Christian, just because Jesus has awakened you and has touched your life. In fact, it's almost more difficult because my dad used to tell me, you know, if the wind's not blowing against you, you're not pushing hard enough. And so he would always just say, you know, just if you, if you feel that coming against you, that means you're going in the right direction. You know, like you were saying if with football, you just push, 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 and you will get there. And so that's why when my kids decided, you know, we're gonna come back, I thought, okay, we're, anyone out there can do this. I'm just talking like, keep things in your car. You see a homeless person, you know, just say, I love you here. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to start out huge. It just, your yes, your love is what's gonna transform that person, not the food. Just stopping and acknowledging that someone cares. Somebody cares. And that someone has got to be you if you're the only one around. If you want to live your life for Jesus.
0: I love it. C.S. Lewis says it simply is that when you surrender your life to God, you become a little Jesus. And you become the hands and feet of Jesus out in the world, serving Jesus in disguise in others, And it's a beautiful thing. So why do you think, Kristen, that so many people, uh, they choose to stay in complacency of going to church on Sunday, sitting in the pews, getting the gospel message, and then going back into their life and forgetting about it and not putting their faith into action. Why do 90% of Christians struggle to find their purpose, find their calling, and go out into the world and put their faith into action?
1: I think a lot of us is they just don't believe it can happen to them, that God would use them. They really doubt that. And it's like, I think if they just tried it, if they just step out a little bit, they'll see. They will see. Their life will transform. It's, and it's not corny. It's a wonderful, you know, people say, oh, you know, call you a Jesus. I'm like, thank you for calling me that. I'm just happy you call me that. I a love to be with that label. And you know, what it is, it's just, it's a it's a life. It, you choose to live for others rather than yourself. And because when you're selfish, you feel terrible. You feel terrible. So if that doesn't work for you, try the opposite. It's a no-brainer. Be, be giving. You know, give so much that it hurts you. Because you know what? When you give someone your shoes that's been walking around on Rotten, rotted sneakers. You give them your shoes and you go home and you're thinking, okay, I've got to go buy another pair of shoes. But you know what? You feel so good in your heart because you saw that person when you give them your shoes, your old Mm -hmm. shoes, you give it to this person and they light up like a Christmas tree and they're looking at you like, oh my gosh, thank you. And that moment where they look at you and you look at them, even though it was a pair of shoes, there is this interaction there that you just told that person, I see you, you know, I see you, I acknowledge you, I am sorry, you're going through what you're going through and I love you. And, you know, that will change your life, you can't get enough of it. Once you start, you can't stop, you would have to be crazy to stop, really.
0: I think that's that moment, when your eyes lock with that person Mm -hmm. is when you bring heaven down to earth. Exactly. That's the kingdom of heaven that Jesus calls us to bring. what is the number one daily habit that you do that helps you grow spiritually?
1: I never get out of bed without telling the Lord this is your day um, no matter what happens because you know when you have this many children and the you know and this many grandchildren and a ministry, there's so much that could go wrong right and I don't want it to suffocate me so. I want to be able to always be able to deal with things as they come and, and do it with love. And it's really, it's one of those things that if I don't do that, um, my day is ruined. It's wrecked. I let people bother me. I, you know, And I'm like, that was such a waste of a day. So I just don't do that anymore. I try and get up before I even get up. Well, I'm blessed to have a little grandson with cerebral palsy that literally lays on my arm at night. I watch him sleep so that I make sure he's still breathing in the morning. And he is my angel. And so I, I get to sleep with an angel who, um, who just reminds me every day how blessed I am. I have no, you know, his life is completely reliant on what we do for him. Every single solitary thing. So who am I to complain about anything? Wow. I just feel so blessed to have him uh, with me that nothing I face in that day is going to be too much for me. And so I, th- I just want people to just just give your day to God and trust that he will use it and use you.
0: If you were being 100% transparent right now, because you're human, you have a fallen nature just like the rest of us, in what area of your life do you still struggle to trust God?
1: You know, I think the most, it's funny, you know, with this gift of singing and everything, and when you have a talent like this, you always miss being able to do what you know you could have done, um, like I would have had the success of, I think, Celine, had I pushed it, had I really pushed it. And so when I see my my family financially struggle, or if I see the ministry financially struggle or whatever, I think if I had only, and then I immediately shut myself up because I'm like, I can sing in heaven, right? I, I will just sing in heaven for the rest of my life. I can do everything that I ever, think that I'm not doing now, because literally, I want to just lay here by Bryson, or I want to go out and be the homeless, I don't want to regret, but that's the, that's my biggest thing, is um, that's hard, that's hard, like when you see someone with tremendous success, and they're doing what you always dreamt of doing, and then you can't do that, because, you know, I chose what I chose, I chose to have the children, I chose to have the ministry, and I can't abandon those things just because I want to be singing in sequins up on TV, you know? So that's a struggle. It's hard.
0: I really get that. Now, some people may have asked you this in the past in your life, but some of them may look at you and judge you and, and look at you like your life is like a martyr, right? Like, okay, you're, you're dealing with, you know, the homeless, you got this son with cerebral palsy, you adopt eight kids. Like why are you taking on so much? Like, why not just keep your life simple? How would you? How do you answer them?
1: Well, you know, there's there's always a reason for every little thing. Like with the, you know, in a nutshell, um, I had lost six of my family members in a very short period of time. My biological, my mother, my sisters, all four of them. Um, my brother needed a heart transplant. My niece got a heart transplant. It was a, a period of time where it was such a tidal wave of grief. Um, I did not want to. Fall into that black hole, and so I began to look for ways uh, to give to someone that needed, who was hurting worse than I was. So I found the cure for my quote depression was finding someone who hurted, who hurts worse than I. And I tried to make them feel better, so that's where we got our children. I and it wasn't that I went seeking children; it was like the Lord started bringing them to me, um, you know. And that's another for another day, another ton of stories. But that was an amazing period of time where He brought the children to me. It wasn't like I said, I need more children; I already had four. But each time He taught me um, that when I I was so busy trying to make them not miss their parents and or their other siblings or whatever, that I spent so much time loving them when they loved me back, I wasn't sad anymore. I didn't even, I had no grief at all. And so I I knew that was, how I need to keep moving so when something really my husband like when something happens he's like oh no we're gonna get another kid I mean it's become you know like he'd go to work and find out there's three more children in our house and he 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 just laughs his one of these days I'll have to listen to his side of the story it's hilarious but you know being married to me is probably not the easiest thing in the world you know he does he says um, how does he put it one of the conferences he made me laugh so hard he made the whole place laugh he said, um, well, when he said, Oh, everybody thinks um, like I'm mother, that, you know, I'm married to Mother Teresa. He goes, But truly, he goes, It's like, I, how do you put it? He said, I'm, I am the donkey that's carrying Mary. He goes, I, I'm not Joseph. I'm, I'm not Jesus. I'm the donkey. And so for the rest of this conference, everyone was calling him the donkey, but he is hilarious. And he just kind of goes with the flow. And so, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, everybody's different. And yeah, it's, we're not martyrs. We just really want to live a full life. I mean, I, there's 24 hours in the day. I, what do you want me to do? Go play golf or watch football? Or, I mean, a lot of people do those things. That's not going to bring me closer to Jesus. I need to be helping people. That's me. But everybody has their own life. But no, I'm not a martyr at all. I love what I do. Love it. I feel blessed. <laughs> Far from martyrdom.
0: It's beautiful. BC Nation, we are speaking with Kristen Taylor. She runs a ministry called Thorn Ministry, where she thankfully serves the homeless. And she does it in the name of Jesus. And she's been doing it for 20-something years now, and it's beautiful. I got to experience it firsthand two or three times now. I brought others to it, and there's nothing greater than looking into the eyes of Jesus in raggedy clothes and smelling and, and all these other things that make your humanity kind of want to go, uh, mm-hmm. but your heart just grows in capacity and it's unexplainable and it's beautiful. And if, if you'd like to um, contribute to her or learn more about what she does or thorn ministries, I'm going to put the link into the show notes. Uh, they have a Facebook page. You can reach out to her directly. Her cell phone is on that page and uh get in touch with her if this is resonating and touching your heart and you want to help and contribute to how she's serving in the world but do not let this be a replacement for you doing something more than nothing in your own life because that's what god's calling you to do so kristen welcome to my favorite part of the show broken catholic welcome to the confession round (laughs) so i'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions you'll have about three seconds to answer each just for fun don't overthink it are you ready okay Kristen, what's your favorite thing about god love what's your least favorite thing
1: Mm, suffering
0: got it what are you most afraid of loss loss what did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s
1: Hmm. Raising children.
0: (laughs) Raising children. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people or about yourself?
1: Oh, social media. Just, oh, the negative part of that.
0: Can you be more specific?
1: Just, I think the lies, the Mm. lies that are being told.
0: Yeah. Yeah, got that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God?
1: Hmm. That one, I don't know. If I've, you did know. Gosh, uh, to trust him more?
0: Yeah, got it. <laughs> that it actually works out when you do? Right. Yeah, got it. What's a new habit you want to form?
1: Mm, being more focused.
0: Yeah. And what's a bad habit you want to break?
1: Being less focused.
0: <laughs> <laughs> being distracted, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: Happy, whole, giving.
0: It's awesome. Pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your life.
1: Hmm. I was so young. So um, I was still. I was very happy. Um, I was a tiny little child, so I really don't have the before because I don't remember not having the Lord in my life. So I don't know how to answer that one.
0: Got it. Was there ever a time where you turned away from him and didn't have him in your life? No. God bless you.
1: I have. (laughs) Got
0: it. Awesome. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends and your eight children in the eyes and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them?
1: I'll cling to the Lord.
0: Hmm. Cling to the Lord BC Nation. Beautiful. Kristen, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God and serving him versus not?
1: When you when you decide to serve the Lord, you've got to surround yourself with beautiful, loving people with a like mind. The volunteers that we have are the most wonderful, kind-hearted, beautiful people. And my life. I couldn't do anything without them. And so you have to have a support group. So surround yourself with people who love the Lord too. Uh, otherwise nothing you do is really going to move forward. You know, with, with them, when you're down, they push you forward, pull you forward, encourage you, love you, help you. I mean, every positive thing you can possibly imagine if you surround yourself with the right people. So that's really the, the best way to move any ministry forward.
0: It's beautiful. BC Nation, do you enjoy this show? Do you enjoy Broken Catholic and the guests I bring on like Kristen Taylor who are out serving God and serving his people? I know this show inspired you. Well, let it inspire you to take action. Go to iTunes if you haven't subscribed yet. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss one of these episodes. Write a five-star review. If this was your favorite episode, write about Kristen and what God's doing in her life. It's not about her, it's about what God's doing in her. And write how that's inspired you. Or maybe it's another guest I brought on the show. Share that so that we can expand this ministry because it's a ministry. We have listeners in over 50 countries and God is transforming their lives one at a time. And it's a beautiful thing. So partake in that, be part of what we're doing here. Kristen, thank you for being on the show. I wish you God's love, God's forgiveness and God's transformation in your life.
1: Thank you so much, I had a wonderful time.
0: BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back
2: here next week.